0: This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. It is good to be with you again. Um, this has really become one of my favorite places to come. And it's, it's not because of the weather. <laughs> Um, I figured it out this week that I... Oh, I'm echoing really bad here. Um, Am I the only one that's feeling that I'm echoing? No? Oh, good. Um, I figured out that I've done just this month 30,000 kilometers of traveling. I feel like I'm tired, but... (laughs) um, You know, God's been good. We've been seeing great things happen all... Literally, I can say it now, all over the world. People getting healed... Uh, saved, delivered, um, the word of the Lord coming over their lives, God doing miraculous things. How many know God's on the move? Amen. I, I want to I uh, talk to you this morning about embracing your city. And, uh, you know, the, the whole theme this morning, even right in the prayer time, was all about embracing your city. And so I want to talk to you about that. Before I do, um, that's my wife opening my car. Any money? <laughs> Uh, by the way, I do have I have two books um, last time I was here in January my my second book was not available now I only brought uh, 10 or 11 copies. I apologize for that um, they're, they're both are uh, $15 one is called transitions of life and it, it's all about transition and it's about change. I mean anybody gone through change has did anybody read the book for, that bought it the last time? Did it bless you? Okay, awesome, good, thank you. At least one person read it, hallelujah. Um, uh, But it's all about change and transition and decisions you need to make and all that kind of stuff, the emotions you go through. My second book is a book called Say Yes, and it was a theme that I spoke all last year. And uh, how many know you need to say yes to some things? And uh, ironically, the first chapter in the book is say no. (laughs) Um, Because before you can actually say yes, you've got to say no to certain things. And so we talk about that. So they're available out out in the back. They're only $15. Um, It goes to pay for my son's wedding that I paid for last year. I'm still paying that baby off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Listen to what Chuck Swindle said um, about revival. He said, in every genuine revival in history, two major thrusts have always appeared. First, there has always been a proclamation of God's word. There's always been a proclamation of God's word. And then second, there has always been the responsive mobilization of the believers. God's people. Revival occurs as God ignites the fire of his word and mobilizes his people to go and win the lost. Can I hear an amen to that? I want to just show you a video clip. Um, you may have seen this already, but it, uh, it just so stirs me every time I watch it, um, and I listen to it, uh, I'm probably listen to it four or five times a day. I want you to watch this, and then we'll go to our message.
1: We're moving. We're moving. We're moving. We're moving from Death to life. We're moving from darkness to light. We're moving from defeat to victory tonight. Somebody's crossing over from shame to grace tonight. Somebody's moving from fear to faith tonight. Jump up on your feet. Somebody's moving from sorrow to joy tonight.
0: you say amen to that? He, he said this. Uh, it so stirred me. He said, we are not waiting on a move of God. We are a move of God. Come on, do you have faith to become a move of God? Come on, I I, I want to stir you to embrace your city in a new way this morning. You know, the word embrace is a unique word. It, I, I, I actually uh, broke it down. It's like actually five different components to the word embrace. Listen to the first one. It means to take or receive gladly or eagerly, to accept willingly. Listen, are you willing to embrace what God has for you with gladness, with an eagerness? Listen, perspective is a very important thing. If How you perceive something will determine how you are going to either conquer it or it conquer you. How you perceive your city will determine whether you are going to reach your city or whether you think your city's too hard. What is your perspective about your city? Do you believe that God puts you in this city, impact church, to be a voice in this city? Or do you think your city's too hard and too difficult and it's a graveyard for churches? Listen, i got to tell you something. When, when, when I started my ministry this year called Speak Life Canada, I realized I had to learn how to speak differently. Because I, I, up until the election took place, I was for one guy. And my guy didn't get elected. Let's tell you who I was for. So when my guy didn't get elected, I had to figure out How am I going to speak about my Prime Minister? Who I don't agree with on many, many, many different things. Am I going to speak life over my nation? Am I going to declare that Canada is a nation under God? That God is going to move in the nation of Canada? Or am I saying our nation is going to go to, you know, blank in a handbasket? Everything's going to turn and you know, blah, blah, blah. Listen, how, what is your perspective? What is the, your perspective on your city? I went into Laos. And I'm telling you, I, I, initially I met a guy in Cambodia and the guy was like, oh, you don't want to go to Laos because Laos is all communist and, you know, they're all, there's lots of opposition and it's, you know, attack and everything. And I'm sitting there going, I don't receive that at all. I'm going into Laos because God's called me to go to Laos. And I'm going to go into this communist country. And, and I'm going to speak the word of God over people. I'm going to prophesy the word of the God. I'm going, to, I'm going to pull down strongholds. I'm going to go in and, and fight the fight of faith. And so when I walked in, you know, the guy took my passport. I wasn't sure if I was going to get my passport back. And, you know, it was a little nerving. You see the, the, the hammer and the sickle on the flags. And you're in this communist nation. And it's a communist nation. I went through China. That is a communist nation. And so, you know, you're kind of a little nerved, uh, unnerved. But I thought, I'm going in. And the first meeting I had, miracles took place eyes were open, deaf ears were, were open. I mean, the Spirit of God came in that room. And I just said, God, you, you, there's open heavens over Laos. I began to prophesy to every person I met, open heavens. God's moving. I met a woman in San Francisco that came from San Francisco in Laos, and I prophesied over her. She didn't know what ha- what hit her. But God met her. God sent me from Canada, Jason Prosser from Cambodia, her from San Francisco. We met in a market where there were hundreds and hundreds of people and the Spirit of the Lord came on me and I spoke to her. She's weeping and crying and saying, you're the fourth pastor that's told me this. I said, Jesus loves you. He wants to impact your life. What is your perspective? Come on, willingly embrace a new perspective in God. And then the uh, second definition is, it actually means to embrace an opportunity. In other words, God has opportunities that he wants to set before you for you to make a difference in the lives of people, to impact people. Can you believe that as you embrace your city, that God would give you an opportunity to touch a life? Amen. Come on, this is an interactive message. You can say M or ouch, one or the other. And then the third definition, it actually means to adopt. In other words, God may want you and I to adopt a new way of living, new way of thinking, new ways of speaking. Come on, are you willing to let the Lord intentionally grow you this morning? Come on, this year, where you would actually step out and think differently and act differently and, and speak differently? I've had to learn how to do that. And I'm still learning. The other day I was talking to my wife and I I said something about somebody and she she just kind of looked at me and said, you know, that you probably shouldn't have said that. And I was like, you know what? Forgive me. I I said that wrong. I I shouldn't have said that about that person. This person was irritating me. And I just, I I shouldn't have said that. I should speak life over her. And the Lord, again, i got to grow. I've got to change how I speak, what I declare, what I say. Come on, are you intentional about growing this year? Come on, can you believe that God can grow you into a movement? Come on, not just a church, but a movement where you're moving through your city. Come on, listen, where you would have a permanent location and then from there have another location. Come on. (laughs) He was at one of the encounters. (laughs) All right. Listen, another definition of of embrace, it means to take in with the eye or the mind. When you embrace something, you actually take it in with your eye and your mind. In other words, the idea is that each of us can see and think in ways that will make a difference in our lives and the lives of others. In other words, Paul said this. He said, I used to, now I'm paraphrasing, but he, he said this, I used to look at people one way, but when the love of Jesus got in my heart, I now view everybody differently. I don't view them in the natural way anymore. I don't view my boss as just my boss. I don't view that person walking down the street as just an average person. I see them through the eyes of God. I see them through the eyes of Jesus. My heart and my mind is embraced them because I want to see them differently. Are you willing to let God change your eyes? Change your thinking. Come on, begin to take in and embrace your city differently. You look at your city and say, hey, you know what? God's going to move in our city. God's going to move in our city. It doesn't matter. Listen, I was in the Virgin Islands. I mean, listen, that's a good place to do ministry. You know? I pretty much avoided winter this year. It was awesome. (laughs) I even avoided the snowstorm the other day, you know. I got in the day after. I was like, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And this week, it's supposed to go up to 15 degrees. All that snow's going to melt. Hallelujah. We're just going right into spring. I just declare that. Okay. But, um, you know, I was, I was on that island, and, and, and uh, I just started prophesying that God was going to move in that island. I'm just speaking life. I, I, I just saw it differently. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm sitting on a bench, and these two loud Americans, they're just loud, okay, just loud. I won't say obnoxious, but, you know, they were loud, okay. They were drunk a little bit, and, and they were just making fun. And, and, the, and so I'm sitting there, come on over here, buddy. So I'm, I'm okay, I'll come over, you know. So I'm going to sit and have a little chat. And Where are you from? I said, I'm from Canada. they Canada? Well, a couple of my buddies are from Canada. And so we got talking, and and turns out, these two guys that I'm talking to, not the Americans, the other two Canadians, they live in my city. One lives a block away from where I live. They're both from Hamilton. They're on a cruise ship. And I'm there for a week in ministry, I meet these two guys. And I invite them to my church in Hamilton. Now listen, I said to the people of, of that island, listen, you've got to see every day, at least twice a week, They have over 10,000 people come into their island because of the cruise ships. I said, you've got an opportunity here. You've got people that you could share Christ with that they could take it back to their land. You never know. See, what are you looking at? How are you viewing your city this, this morning? And then the last definition, which is a really cool definition, it means to encircle or surround when you embrace somebody. Come here, honey. I haven't been able to do this a lot. So, you know, you just embrace someone. You surround them. Listen, are you willing to embrace people in your city? It means this, that, that you know, it just has the idea to circ- encircle and surround. And so when you embrace, listen, God actually wants to use you to embrace somebody in your city to be able to begin to minister to them, to surround them with the love of
1: God. Yeah, that's good.
0: Now listen, there's a lot to be said about embracing your city. The Bible makes it very clear that cities are central to God's redemptive strategy. You look all through Scripture, God focuses on cities. Listen, the Great Commission began with a city in Jerusalem, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it began, and listen, it's going to culminate... In a brand new city coming down from heaven called the city of Jerusalem. The, 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 the cities are, are central to everything that God wants to do. Now, I want to give you just kind of a, a, uh, you know, an idea of what I'm talking about. You know that there's the universal church. Now, the Catholic church says they're the universal church. Catholic actually means universal. Universal. So, but there's the universal church. That's everybody who calls on the name of Jesus from from east to west, to north to south. Every believer all over the world. That's the universal church. Then there's the church in the city. In other words, all the churches that are in this city is the church in the city, right? Everyone that believes in God and 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 loves God and preaches the word, they're the church in the city. And then there's what we call. A local church. Can I hear an amen for this local church? It's a local church. It's a specific local church with its own vision to serve the city. With its own unique uh, perspective on how they're going to embrace the city. And it requires every one of you to get involved into making this local church the embrace of the city. How are we going to embrace it? Well, it starts with one guy. It starts with guy and a guy uh, and his spouse, and they get called to the city, and, and God gives them a vision, and then all of a sudden, people start coming. And they get part of a vision, and they get part of something, and then all of a sudden, it, it doesn't just become a couple of people. Then it becomes a couple of hundred people. Then it becomes a couple of more hundred people. Then maybe a, a thousand people. What's your level of faith? Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Okay.
1: God loves cities. I'm going to get there.
0: Listen. The song said, miracles can happen here. It's good. Come on. A miracle can happen here. Listen, I believe God can do miracles. You know, last night, I felt like the Lord speak to me something about a healing and uh, I was—I I, didn't—I forgot about it. Actually, I wasn't disobedient. I just forgot about it. And this morning, I go up to this lady, and the Lord speaks to me the same thing. And it's exact. She was at the encounter last night. I'm getting echo. Um, I, 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 it was the ex- oh boy, am I hearing that or is just me? Okay, um, and, and it was the exact same thing. The exact same thing. And I believe God's going to heal her. I believe God's going to touch her. Listen, there are miracles happening right here. There are more miracles that God needs to display and put on display here. Can I hear an amen? Listen, listen, let me me just quickly go through some scriptures this morning about God's response to cities. The first one, God hears the cry of the cities. Listen to this scripture, Genesis 18, 20-21. And the Lord said, because of the outcry... Against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because of their sin is very grave. I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against them. In other words, it came up to God. God began to hear the cry of the city. Listen, God hears the cries of people. Today, there's people who are hungover from last night. And their, their lives are miserable. They're, 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 they're living in hopelessness. God's hearing their cries. God heard your cry. (laughs) Is that true? God hears the cries of cities. Second one, God weeps over the cities. Jesus, in Luke 19, verse 41, it says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. God weeps for cities. God speaks to the city, Micah chapter 6 verse 9, and the, Lord, the Lord's voice cries to the city, Wisdom shall see your name, hear the rod who has appointed it. In Proverbs 1 verse 20, it says, Wisdom calls aloud outside, so the voice of God is speaking to cities, he's crying out to cities, he's using you to be his voice to the cities, God sends ministries to cities. We know the story of Jonah, right? Where in Jonah 1 verse 2, it says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For the wickedness has come up before me. Listen, God sent Cameron and Sandra to Kingston. Come on, do you believe that? He sends ministries to Kingston. I mean, there are other churches in the city, but God sent them to Kingston. To, they had a vision to plant a church, a life-giving church, a church that would impact Kingston, not a corner of Kingston, impact Kingston. Come on, God sends ministries to cities. And then Jesus, the Bible says, he makes inter, intercession for our city. He Praise. Hebrews 7, verse 24 says, Therefore, he is also able to save the uttermost to those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession. Can I ask you a question? When was the last time you cried over your city? Now I watched Joy, uh, Joy and Alan over there. They were crying the other day for their city. They were crying for the encounter participants. But when was the last time you just cried? What about your neighborhood? When was the last time you just cried over your neighborhood? You just walked your neighborhood and said, Jesus, give me this neighborhood. Lord, give me my neighbors. Lord, would you touch my city? When was the last time? You see, listen, you can't change something that we're not concerned about. Concern comes from observation, compassion, compassion and prayer. When was the last time you cried for your city? Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. You know, Paul was in the midst of a city, and he was having all kinds of hardship, and all kinds of, um, you know, opposition, and... One minute he'd go forward, the next minute he'd go back. Have you ever felt that way? You know, you're going forward and then you get pushed back. And maybe even as a church, you feel like, hey, we're going forward, we're going forward, and then we hit a roadblock and something pushes us back. Listen to what he says in Acts chapter 18, verse 9 to 11. There's a whole message here I could preach on this, but I'm just going to just give you the verse and then you can figure it out. It says, now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Sometimes God in the night, in the night seasons, God will give you a vision. And then he says this, do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I, listen to those promises, for I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. And he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. I want you to know something. That God has many people in this city. They're not. They don't even know they're to be in this house. But God has many people in this city. Can you believe God that you could fill this place up two times? Yeah. Yeah. Can, can you believe God that you know? <laughs> I was thinking about this as I was walking through the cold because my wife took the car this morning and I'm walking as I'm thinking of the Virgin Islands and how warm I was in shorts last week. And as I'm walking to church, I I felt like the Lord say this to me, that I believe that God wants to give you a permanent facility. Okay, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I believe God wants to give you a permanent facility and, and I, I'm going to throw this out just because I, I felt like the Lord say this to me. I actually feel that there may potentially and I'm just going to submit this to your pastor you can pray it through and, uh, but I feel actually there might be a merger. I felt like like maybe there's a merger there's two congregations coming together and um, you assume they're building. I just submit that to you, and just pray it through, and don't go looking for that. Just let the Lord maybe maybe do something with that. The reason I say that is I just read the other day two ma- mega churches in in Phoenix. Tommy Barnett's church took over a mega church, a Lutheran church, a, not just a little dying Lutheran church, a church a, a, a like ten thousand member church, something like that. And they took their they, they they merged, and they they're now assuming that church and all the property twenty-seven, 27 127,000 acres or something like that. And I just felt like as I was walking here, I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give them a, a, a facility, and I actually felt like a merger might take place, that, the, that there's a, actually a, a connecting of hearts between two congregations, and you'll be able to lead them into the future. So I just submit that to you, and just pray that through. But listen, I, as I was thinking about this, as I was praying about this, and, and this is the thing that I want you to hear if you're going to take your city. We came to a point when, in when 1996, we moved to Hamilton, and we were about to go into to a building program, and we were about 250 people at that time, maybe 300, and um, we were maxed. and so we began to build, and we came to the point where we had the walls up, the foundation was laid, and I think we had the walls up, maybe not, maybe it was just the foundation that was laid, and the bank came to us, and the bank said, you're not getting any more money. We said, what are you talking about? They said, you're not getting any more money, you've got to prove to us that you can do this. We want you to come up with $250,000. We said, we don't have $250,000. We're, 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 we put all our money, all our excess cash is already in it. And we said, we don't have any more money. They said, well, you're not building. And so it went for a couple of weeks where we just had this flat piece of concrete, And the word of the Lord came to us to rise up and build. And so we went to I think it was about fifteen families in the church. And we said to them, We we need two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Can you can you take a line of credit on your on your house? We'll pay the interest. And then we'll pay it back to you as soon as we can. As soon as we get, get the money from the bank, we'll, we'll start paying it off and we'll give you an interest rate. You know that ten families came up to us and gave us all the money that we need? We had one guy said, yeah, I'll give you 50000 right now. Now listen, listen. If it wasn't for those ten families, we'd have just had a flat piece of Concrete. We could not have built. But it took some families who said, I believe in what God's doing here. And we're going to do this. And I remember saying to my pastor's wife, we were meeting in another church. And I said, You know, by the time we finish this building program, we're going to be 400 people strong. She goes, Are you kidding? we're not going to be 400 people. I said, we're going to be 400 people strong. I just see that in my spirit. We're going to have 400 people. You know, we moved in six months later. We I started in September and we moved in by the end of February. And you know that we had 400 people sitting in our building at that time? Amen. It was a miracle. Yeah, it was a miracle. Now, I, I, want you to t- I want you to hear this. Listen, that was 20 years ago. And now, we're, we're at about 1,000 people. And... And we're, we have all our buildings paid off. We have a new property that we're building. And we're, we're about to go into another expansion. And it's going to call, it's going to, you know, it's going to require those thousand people to now give sacrificially and do something because they have a heart for the city. It isn't just about doing a program for the city. Come on, it's about seeing the house of the Lord established so you have something to build from. Can I hear an amen? Amen. I, I, I just felt like I just needed to say that to, for you to get a vision that maybe God would require of you something beyond what you could ever imagine, ever think, and you begin to step in with faith and to say, Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna submit that. Now you know nobody's asking you to put a line of credit on your house right now, but listen, I'm those ten families, you know that there were two families that did that. Two families. One guy did get fifty thousand dollars, another did get twenty-five thousand. Do you know that as soon as we built that building, they left left our church. They left the church. We gave them their money back because we, 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 we knew what we were doing. We just needed the money. We just needed it at that moment. We gave them their money back and they left the church. But God used them for a moment in time to get us moving and then off they went. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, some people, I'm I'm just going to say this. Some people are only going to be here for a little bit. So rest in that. (laughs) But I know this, that some are going to stay and going to give their lives. And they're going to serve God. God. And they're going to get involved and more musicians are going to come and we're going to need more ushers and we're going to need more children's workers and you're going to get involved and God's going to use you and then you're going to get married here and then your kids are going to get married. Listen, 20 years, my son was two and last year I married my son to a girl he, he was in high school with, he grew up in high school with and, and you know, all that. That's what the house of the Lord is all about. But it takes people who will say, I'm committed to seeing what God would do here. That's nowhere in my notes. But let me, give you some, let me give you some practical steps to encountering your city or to embracing your city. Let me just take off my watch so I know exactly what time I've got. Okay, we can get it done. Can I, can I take another 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, good. Here's number one. Embrace the power to increase. Listen to what increase means. It means to become progressively greater as in size, amount, number, or intensity. To multiply by the production of young. Now listen, you gotta have a spirit that would embrace increase. So that when maybe one week you come in and your seat's being taken by a new person, you go, I embrace that. Hallelujah. God bless you, man. Take that seat. You want that seat? It's yours. So I say, well, who is that guy taking my seat? I want to sit at the back. now. I don't want to. Boom. Listen, there are people who like think that way. And young, listen, any mothers here? Like no like new new moms maybe they're all out. Listen when a new baby comes in the scene, life gets crazy. Doesn't it? I mean like you got little kids around, you're stepping on Lego, you're like the house is never clean. Isn't that true? Listen, increase to multiply by the production of young if you're gonna embrace your city, get ready for some weird people coming in. You were weird ones too. Come on. I was weird ones too. But God, God works on us, He He cleans us, He helps us, He causes us to grow. Are you willing to embrace increase? Listen, what? what? Oh I'm getting ahead of myself. Listen. Acts 1 verse 8. We talked about it last night. But you shall receive power. That's the word empowerment. Increase. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You should be my, should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I, I said this to the guys last night. Listen, God wants us to think like He thinks, speak like He speaks, act, act, act like He acts, and love like He loves. Are you willing to embrace increase in your life? As a church, are you willing to embrace increase? When the, when the, when the call comes, hey, we got to go to two services and we need half of you to come to the second service, are you willing to say, okay, or, listen, hey, we're going to have a 9 o'clock service and a 11.30 service. We need somebody to come at 9. But I'm not a morning person.
1: I'm going to embrace Embrace, increase.
0: Come on, you've got to get a vision. We've gone to three services. We have a Saturday night service and two Sunday morning services. My wife is at church at 7.30 in the morning. She's there till 1.30 in the afternoon. Now, I know she gets paid to do it, but it's a long day for her. Are you willing to embrace increase? Come on, practically, are you willing to embrace increase? And then listen to what the Bible says. This is the second practical thing. Listen, I want you to hear it. Lift up your eyes and see. Listen to what. Listen, God has given you and I the power and the ability to increase. He desires that we become a generation that would see the word of the Lord coming to pass in our day. Jeremiah 2 verse 31 says, Oh, generation, see the word of the Lord. In other words, we need to... To see and envision and lift up our eyes to new levels. I want you to know something. In January, I came here and I prophesied acceleration. Did I not prophesy that? I want you to know something. I'm seeing it in my own life. I'm seeing acceleration take place. The promises of God coming faster, quicker. They're coming to pass even quicker than I could ever imagine. In 2014, some random lady came up to me and handed me a note. I've got it in my wallet. And this note said, you're going to... Uh, she. It was like, travel travel, travel, travel. Um, Dust off your bags. You're about to travel. In 2014, I was not traveling. I was kind of going out once in a while. And then in that prophecy, she said, you're going to influence government officials. You're going to be speaking life over government officials. Then I went to uh, Africa last year, and the pastor of this church, a large church, 10, 20,000 people, he calls me out and he said, Gary, you're you're going to... Uh, you're going to have influence with governing officials. Now, that had never been prophesied over me. Never. I mean, I I don't know anybody. I I know one person in the government. That's it. And he's just an acquaintance. Last week, I go to the Virgin Islands and I meet a sitting senator. And so he's sitting beside me. So I say, let's have a selfie. I take a selfie with him, you know. And... uh, he comes to church on Sunday afternoon, and the Lord speaks to me about him. And so I prophesy over him, and I say this phrase: "In search of identity." He comes to me after, and he goes, "That really meant something to me." He says, "I want you to come to the legislature tomorrow morning at ten o'clock." Now, when a guy says that, I'm going. So I, you know, I I had my best shorts on and and a nice pair, and I walk over and I'm, and uh, so we have, this, we have this conversation, and in this conversation, the Lord speaks to me again, and I begin to prophesy over him about his future. And he hands me this book, and he says, now you wouldn't know this, he hands me this book, and he says, I'm working on, next year is our 100th anniversary as an island, and I have this project that I'm working on with one of the governments, another country, and, um, and he says, this is the title of it. And he hands me the book, and the title says, In Search of Identity. Now listen. God's promises are going to come to pass quicker and faster than you could ever imagine. But you have to be ready for increase. You have to be ready to weep over your city. You have to be ready to embrace what God is going to do. Can I hear an Amen. So listen what the Lord says. God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 13, verse 14. Listen, Abraham is our father of faith, is he not? And so everything that God spoke to Abraham, you can by faith receive what was spoken to Abraham. Listen what he says. Lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. We will not give it to you. Jesus said to his disciples in John 4:35, "Do you not say, there are still 4 months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look to the fields for they are white right
1: unto harvest."
0: Here's number 3. Embrace that God is working in and through you. It's the ability to believe for increase comes from the power of God working in and through us through faith. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Is the power of God working in you? Come on, then you need to embrace that. You need to embrace that God is working in my life. I just make that assumption. I just live that assumption. Wherever I go now, I'm just, I expect God to work in my life. I expect God to speak through me. I expect God to make divine connections through every circumstance, every situation. I'm looking for it now. My eyes are open. My ears are ready. When I hear something, I, I'm, I'm tuning in all the time. God, is this for me? Are you speaking to me? Is, is this something I need to hear? Is this something I need to jump into? Is this a person I need to speak to? Come on, you've got to embrace the fact that God wants to work through you. God wants to work in and through your life in a daily basis. That when you're at work, that actually God could speak to you about your coworker that God would actually cause you to read their mail. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Here's the last one. You need to embrace the measure of your faith. Listen to what Paul says. He says in Romans 12, verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, now, let me just quickly go through some scriptures with you. Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things yet not seen. Listen, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith. Now faith. In other words, God has given to you and I, every one of us, a measure of faith. We've got to step into that. you got to embrace the faith that God's given you. And listen, it doesn't matter how big your faith is. Jesus said, you just have to have the faith of a mustard seed. You know, I remember when we built the building, we, we had a, where we, where we thought was going to be our baptismal tank. And we, as a church, there were, I think, probably, what, 300 there, Sheila? We, we, we went, uh, the, the, the roof was on, the walls were up, and we're just kind of, uh, you know, nothing was else was in. But we had this idea of where we had a hole in the floor where the baptismal tank was going to be. And so as a church, we gave everyone mustard seeds. And we walked into that building and we began to pray. And we said, Lord, would you increase our faith? We're believing God for multitudes of people. And we put these mustard seeds in the ground. We actually had to take them up because they started growing. And, um, but we had... Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mustard seeds. And i got to tell you, listen, if, we were, if you were to stand today and look over the congregation, there's people I don't even know anymore. I, I go, I'm a visitor there now because I, I travel so much. But there's new people all over. There's people that were never there 10 years ago, 5 years ago. But you got to get a vision for that. you got to believe, God, that God can use you. Yeah. Amen, Gary, good point, Hallelujah. Come on, faith is an established conviction concerning things unseen. Do you have faith for
1: a building? Do you have faith for hundreds and hundreds of people? Do you have faith that you can make an impact in your city?
0: You see, faith allows you to view life from God's perspective. Now faith changes your view of life. Faith in the present tense, it's a new faith each day. Amen, Gary, good point, hallelujah. Come on, one version says it's actually a title deed. You have a glimpse, but you're not fully engaged. In other words, faith allows me the right to go after my inheritance. Faith says, I'm going for it. I'm not waiting on a move of God. I am the move of God. I am going to do something significant in God. Come on, I want you to hear this. God wants to use you. You got to stir your faith up. You got to believe God that tomorrow you're going to have a divine encounter with somebody. You're going to have a moment with somebody and lead them to Jesus or bring them to church, and they're going to get saved and their lives are going to be transformed. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Okay, Hebrews eleven verse three. Listen to what he says. By faith we understand. Some of you are wondering, how do I? You're trying to figure out things. You're trying to, I don't understand because you don't have faith. By faith, we understand. By faith, we begin to comprehend, hey, God has something bigger here. It's not just me attending church. It's not just me setting a chair up. It's not just me running the overhead. There's something bigger here. There's something at play here. God is going to do something significant here. And I get to be a part of something awesome. That's what faith is. I'm not just coming to church because that's what I do on a Sunday. I'm coming to church because we're going to begin to engage the presence of God. And God's going to move. And God's going to speak. And God's going to do miracles. I'm going to see healings. I'm going to see God do things. Come on, I'm telling you, listen, I'm watching it. And I'm here to build faith in you today to say, stand up. Be in faith. Declare God's word over your life. Declare God's promises over your city. That your city will be impacted by God. That people who've had a negative view of church, their eyes will be open. They'll begin to see God in a different way. I got five minutes. Okay, look. look by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Listen, what is framing your world? Is it the word of God? Is it God's Spirit in your life? Or is it just, nobody knows the trouble I see. (laughs) Nobody knows my sorrows. Or is the Word of God framing your life? I have to tell my wife this all the time. She tells me the same. Hey, we're standing in faith. We're believing God. We're believing God for increase this year. We're believing God for supernatural blessing. We're believing God for open doors. We're believing God to do something beyond what we could even think or we could even imagine. I'm sitting with a businessman. I'm, I'm, I'm in Trinidad. Another warm place. I'm sitting in Trinidad, and, and I'm with a businessman, and this businessman always challenges me. And he paid for the trip. He asked me to come and just do prophetic ministry and preach. And, and so I went down, and, and we're having this conversation. He goes, Gary, what do you believe in God for this year? And I said, well, I believe in God for, for this. He goes, well, what do you believe in God for, like, increased salary and all that kind of stuff? So I said, I'm believing Him for, for this. He says, well, I got a number for you. And I said, well, actually... That number's a little low because this is what I'm believing God for. And he went, that's awesome. (laughs) And then this is what he said to me. He said, Gary, he said, let's break that number. And what we're going to do is we're going to take 364 days. You're going to have a day off for Christmas. So 364 days, we're going to divide that number by 364. And that's what you need to make every day. When I looked at it, I thought, Jesus, what am I believing for? And then this is what he said. He said, I've been with you for six days. He says, I'm gonna multiply that number by six. I'm gonna write you a check, and I'm gonna sow into your life because I believe that this is a year of increase in miracles for your life. I'm telling you, listen. Listen to what Paul what what the Hebrew writer says. He says, the things that do appear are not made from the things that do appear. In other words, listen, it starts in your spirit. Before it ever happens in your life, it happens when you, within you. Before it ever comes out of you, before you do it, step into it. See it happens. It happens in your spirit. Listen to what uh, the Lord said to Joshua. Joshua, I have already given you the city. Before you get it, get there. It's yours. Listen, God's already given you the city. Yeah. Before, before you even thought about it. God has already given you this city. But you got to have it inside. That's what faith is. Faith says, I already have it. Faith says, I already have my miracle. Faith says, I'm already moving in it. Faith says, God, you're living in my life. You're going to move in my life. Faith says that. Your world is either framed by the word of God Speaking into you, loving you, moving you, encouraging you, convicting you, whatever he needs to do, correcting you. Or you're living by doubt. You're living by your circumstances. My circumstances haven't changed. I'm still working through things. I, I don't have a full sc- calendar this year. But everywhere I go, God's people are saying to me, God's going to open up doors. God's going to do miracles. Everywhere I go now. Someone will prophesy something like that. I just say, okay, I hear you. I'm living there. I believe it. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, without faith, it's impossible to please God. All the striving, working, performing, repenting, etc. Prayer, all that. We will not cause you to please God if it's not with faith. Faith is your key to reward. Church, faith is your key to increase. Faith is your key to impacting your city. Faith is your key for God to use you in a significant way. Amen. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Listen, what the Bible says. Listen, I'm going to close with this. 1 Timothy 2 4. Who, this is speaking about God, who desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth? Come on, God desires all to be saved. James five seven seven. Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how a farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for until he receives it the early and the latter rain. Second Peter three nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a repentance. I'm here to tell you God's wanting to touch your city.